Let me ask you a question. How much did that email cost you to send out? Nothing. How many dollars in sales did that eventually, that one presentation for the chamber, bring your consulting business? Well over 100000 $100,000 for an email out to about 1,000 people to a chamber of commerce. That's not a bad return. Tell my consultants, my HMA consultants, do you think they could work their local chambers and do what you did if they have the tools to, to put on a, uh, a PowerPoint? Oh, absolutely. People are always looking for ways to increase their business. Hi, Michael. My name is Alex Whiting. I'm a Y2 marketing consultant. Um, actually, oddly enough, I've ditched just about everything I learned from them about two years ago and actually become a very successful marketing consultant on my own. Um, but I thought it was I keep on coming across your website. I keep on coming across your materials. Uh, it seems like you're doing some interesting things, so I think it would be worthwhile to wrap with you a little bit and uh, just kind of understand what you're up to. Um, and who knows? It's always nice, I think, to talk to someone who's in the industry and uh, kind of get, get uh, share share some ideas and, and uh, get an idea of what's going on. I'm looking seven, and I am a marketing consultant with White Marketing. I'm located in Philadelphia. You're in Philadelphia, and is this your first experience with consulting? How would you describe yourself? We'd say this is Alex Whiting, a marketing consultant. What do you like to call yourself? A purveyor of profit steroids. A purveyor of profit steroids. Tell me, where are you located and where, where Pennsylvania? Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So you've been doing consulting for how many years? Uh, eight years. Eight years. And you started very young with a software consulting business? Yeah. And then moved in and, and started learning a little bit about marketing and became interested in marketing. You're working with chiropractors and mortgage brokers. And realtors. And, and there's actually several other niche industries I'm in. How much are you making in consulting with your consulting business? Uh, half a million a year? Yeah, and that's, I think that's going to be a lot more than that this year already. I'm going to try to do more, a lot more. Because at this point in my career, I'm making over $1,000 an hour for my time spent on any different given deal. Can I ask how many years you've been doing at least a half a million? I mean, it really started last year when I learned how to leverage. It, it was instead of doing business with anyone who came to me, when I started leveraging things that worked. First of all, how did you get into all this consulting? Where did it all start? When I was about 18, I started consulting. I actually had a business in high school where I developed software and turned into a consulting business when I was about 18. Started a company when I was 19 and I grew that to a pretty large size. Uh, what was the software you were developing? You were in high school at 18? Were you computer nut? No, I was 16 when I started doing software development for businesses. Uh, Did you tell me you were writing code when you were four or something? That's right. I was writing software when I was four years old. So I grew up with a computer chip in my head. How's that? Did your parents influence you somehow that way? No, I just took to it. You just took to it. Okay, so at four years old, you were writing code. When I was about eight, I wrote a game that was published for Atari called Missile Command. I grew up in a pretty normal family. I actually, around eighth grade, I stopped going to school much and just showed up for test day because I was an expert test taker. I pretty much would, would just go and do whatever I wanted and somehow, I think just through my power of persuasion, I got away with it every time. In high school, I went to a private school that was very strict. 
I did the same thing as soon as I got a car, bought my own car, bought a BMW from writing software for people, bought my first car when I was 16, so it was a brand new BMW, and I just didn't go to school except for test days, and I would actually call meetings with all my teachers, explain to them what I expect of them, and it sounds ridiculous, but I got away with everything I wanted my whole life. Did you ace everything, straight A's? Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I didn't do well in the homework grade because I never did homework. Mm-hmm. But what, this is, this is a, a key thing, and you'll find this is leads to my success in everything. I, I'm very good at pattern recognition. And the way I did so well at test, and this is a real critical thing, pattern recognition. And this is a critical thing because when you're doing marketing, you have to pick up on the thought and speech patterns of the people you're marketing to. So what I would do is I would show up for the first few days of a class, and I did the same thing in college, and just get a sense of their thought patterns. And then when I went to take the test, I'd imagine that they're talking to me and they were telling me the answers. Okay. And so that helped you ace the test. So let's um, apply that to a marketing consultant or are you getting an account or is something related to marketing consultant where people can make a connection? Yeah, it, I mean, it happens all the time. For example, I market to people who buy things that I've never bought before and I have no clue really what it's like to buy what they buy, but I may have talked to people that would be in that target market, for example, had some conversations with them, and just from little conversations, I can get a feel for the way they think, and kind of get a feel for their thought patterns, how they would react to certain things, what sequence of messages they need to hear in order to buy. Let's continue, then talk about the software you developed in high school. I mostly uh, developed uh, chess playing software, and also I developed some network software that I sold under a private agreement to a uh, small businesses. As you got older, were you gaining knowledge in structuring deals where there was money in it for you? Yes, I never had considered myself a salesman, and generally when someone asked me about some sort of problem or if I saw a problem, just by my nature, I like to help people. That, I think, is a critical aspect of being a good consultant, by the way. I love to help people. So what I would do is just start talking to them about, hey, have you tried this? Have you considered this? And automatically, because I'm talking about them, I establish myself as an expert, and I win their trust. That's how I sold everything to the state, and that's still how I sell things. You've you got to have that strategy. You know, Jay Abraham called it the strategy of preeminence. But you really need to think about who you're dealing with first, and, and you need to really focus on giving instead of getting. Through my first company, I hired a guy who was a marketing director over at a similar company that wasn't a competitor. And I just always loved the human mind. Ever since I can remember, I was in love with the human mind and the way humans think. So I've been very interested in psychology. Anyway, I hired this guy. He taught me a lot of different things. This at least got me started on that path. You hired him to do consulting with you? I eventually had a software company. That's the one I started in 19. We developed enterprise software. And what I did is hire him to market the product. Okay. Did he do a good job at it? No, he didn't. Actually, he failed miserably. And I think his mistake was a mistake I think that most marketers have when they go to one particular niche to another is that they forget to stop learning. They, they just assume that everything's the same under every buying situation. Instead of actually trying to take what he, he used in the past that was successful and improving on it, he just tried to display it over like a template, and that doesn't work. However, 
it, it really gave me an education on what not to do. And you know, here I, had, I was with a software company trying to sell products. Eventually, I was the one who sold everything. So a lot of it was through trial and error, my love of the human mind. And I, I went through actually several. I hired some VPs of marketing, went through three of them, actually. So eventually, I had to get over myself. I got frustrated. And this was about, after the company was about three years old, so the time was 22. So we started branching out into um, IT consulting. And I started understanding what's the end product in mind. It's not so that they can have a cool piece of software or a cool computer system or a network. It's so they can make money, so they can be efficient and effective and they can be innovative with, with their products and the, the way they serve people. So really, I, I just don't like segmenting myself and I didn't want to segment my company either. So I ended up doing a lot of business consulting along with IT consulting. I often had a relationship that was really an executive level with all, all the employees in the company. So I would actually regularly meet with the owners of pretty decent sized businesses and they pretty much asked me about everything when it came to their business, not just IT stuff. About 2002, I found white marketing and I knew I really wanted to take the business consulting to a step further and really work with businesses to create more value in a more highly impactful way than just developing software and computer systems. All right, so were you actively looking, or did, how did you find Y2 Marketing? How did that happen? Well, actually, at the time, I was setting up an SEO business, search engine optimization business, because I knew if I really wanted to focus on value, I wanted to do what lawyers do during contingency. If you think about anyone who makes a lot of money, it's because they, they provide a huge amount of value in return and they make other people a lot more money. For example, Tom Cruise gets paid $20 million a, a picture. Do you know the built-in audience is probably $100 million? He's worth $20 million. And any athlete, if you look at it, I mean, they put butts in the seat, they, if they endorse a product. The fact is the people who make a lot of money, whether it be a real estate agent or a, a lawyer, the people who actually provide value for great access of what they provide. And, and, and they're very aware of it, and usually they're doing it on a performance basis. The fact is actors are in a sense, doing things on a performance basis. So, so are athletes, so are, so are lawyers. Any, any kind of pe people who really make a lot of money, they're all working from their own sweat, and they're pretty much taking a lot of risk that most people aren't willing to take. And how did you come across Y2? I uh, saw their facts several times. What did it say? It said, make the jump to 350000 per year to $700,000 per year within the next 18 months. And then it explained, you know, it was a very well-written text. It, it didn't, it qualified itself as a legitimate business opportunity by saying, we're not going to mislead you. It's hard, and not everyone can do this. We're only looking for a certain kind of people. We're looking for people who have at least three years of sales experience, at least three years of business management experience, uh, preferably entrepreneurs, people above who've been making over $120,000 a year for the last three years. And they qualify, they give you a sense anyway that they're qualifying people. And that way it kind of creates this aura of scarcity, something that people want to get into. I think that was a very well-written ad. I'm actually thinking about using it as a template for some other things I'm doing with some clients that's so good. They, they've effectively sold over 1,500 consultants using that that. Flat and at $35,000 a piece. It was $35,000? That's correct. Wow. 
Okay. All right, so you got this fax, and what were you directed to do? How many times did you get it before you called? Three times. And then you called a phone number? I called a phone number, and they sent a CD, a previous CD. It was a, a two-CD set, I believe. And it was a very well-packaged CD. It had all this, this great copy on it. And then it directed you to, to go to a seminar. And I, I went to the seminar. Did you pay for the CD? No, it was free. Was it when you called? Was it just a voicemail, or did you talk to someone? It was. It was actually I talked to someone. So did they qualify you further? First of all, they need information where to, to uh, send the CD. Second, to book you into the seminar. Okay, so you're calling. Did you know you were going to be booked into the seminar, or are you just calling to get a? No, and also they give you a password to a a website detailing the opportunity, explaining the system. Okay. So you got three things. They took your address, they sent you a CD, they gave you a password and a URL to be directed towards more information, and then they booked you into a seminar that was going to be in a local area. That's right. All right, and so you, the CD was on the way to you. Did you immediately go on, online to the site? Yeah. And then, did, and then how far away was the seminar from the time you talked to them? I, was, I think it might have been a week out. Right. And, and so you read through the website and then you went to the seminar? That's correct. A lot of people there? Yeah, actually, there really wasn't. Um, there's seven people, and it was a smaller room. It was done in the evening. I believe it was a Thursday evening, and it was done, I believe, after, I think it was like at 7 o'clock. It was from like 7 to 10. And then after the, the initial seminar, you booked a appointment with a recruiting agent for the following morning. And then pretty much they, they, they try to sell you right then and there. Right, so what was the seminar? Was it someone up there talking, going through? Yeah, it was, it was PowerPoint slides, and they, were, they pretty much did a uh, funneling down approach where they, they explained all the problems with a typical job nowadays and how difficult it is to really make a lot of money. You could, you could be in the top 1% and still be broke. You could make $351,000 a year and still be broke. Well, what... What kind of opportunities are most lucrative? What, what kind of avenues do you have available to you? And eventually, everything is funneled down to eventually their opportunity. So it's a pretty compelling presentation. Yeah. All through PowerPoint, all structured, scripted, and organized. That's correct. And were you all at tables or in chairs? We were at tables. Okay. Was Curtis the guy doing it? Was he doing the PowerPoint? I believe it was Curtis. Okay, so he was taking you to through the PowerPoint. So at the end of that, you could, if you chose to, book an appointment with a recruiting agent. Or if you weren't interested, you just walk away or what? That's right. And so you chose to book something. Right, and then in return, you get a second password for the website where you get even more information. I think they might have given you even more bonuses as well, some sort of like packet, some information packet that was you know, had an air of exclusivity to it. All right, and that was for if you recruited for an appointment for the next morning. That's right. Okay, so you did that. You probably went home online, checked it out. Then you came back for your appointment, and then it was pretty much a, they were trying to sell you, actually. Mm -hmm. All right. And you, and it was a hard sell. It was a takeaway kind of sell. And Curtis would say things like, you know what you, you really should be asking me is what you can do to make sure that you're successful in this system. 
So he kept on trying to qualify me. He kept on trying to qualify me instead of me qualifying him. I saw through it, and, and, I, and I just leveled with him, but he, he was pretty persistent. He, he, he's a good salesman. So you wanted to do it, and he did it? Yes, that's correct. Uh, did you do it right there? I pretty much told him that I would take these documents home, I would get back to them the following day. Because I, they, they were trying to get me a sign right then and there, and I just have a personal policy to never do that. I know how good salesmen can be. And it's really easy to get sold on something that you will, you really don't need or, or want. Buyer's remorse. I always sleep on it at least one day. And, and he said he made a special exception. He gave me his cell phone number for that. But, you know, I'm sure he was happy with, with his commission at the end. Okay. Did you pay it all at once, 35000 or did they? It was $3,500 down. And then before you could actually come to the seminar, you had to pay the balance. And it, you had up until, like, noon on the second day back out. Okay. The actual seminar, how far off was that scheduled? So it was about a month and a half. They had them going like a few months. I had to find something that would work with my schedule. All right. So what did they, from the time you put your 3500 bucks down, what were you doing? What did they instruct you to do? Were you given... They sent a whole box filled with classic marketing and advertising books, books about pers persuasion and influence and a pretty much a list of things to do to prepare to set up your office with a bunch of instructions and guides on how to get you pre-started in your business. They gave you something called the Agent Resource Disk that pretty much had all their systems and Word and, and PowerPoint and Excel and PDF documents. So you start looking at that. So it's just really you're supposed to familiarize yourself with all these materials before you went to training. No, and did you do that? Yeah. All right, so it's some pretty helpful stuff. It was, and I, I had a hard time seeing where they really made that jump from the materials they gave me, which they claimed was their background materials. That was their grounding materials. They claimed that that first box was their grounding materials. That's right. But it was just books you can get at Amazon or the bookstore, some of them. That's correct. What was really powerful was the other systems. Like they have this thing called the ASA packets, which pretty much the system to walk someone through creating great marketing. Creating great marketing? That's correct. What's ASA stand for? Articulated sales argument. Okay. All right. So it's a system for creating great marketing for a client. That's right. Actually, you know, any kind of written or spoken communication with a prospect or customer. Okay, so all right. So you went through the books. You, you you were kind of grounded, and you got familiar. You went to the seminar. Was the seminar local where you were? The actual training seminar was a five day seminar down in Dallas, Texas. All right, so that was down in Dallas. Yeah. All right, and so you flew out there, and then you just you went through the seminar and the training. Were you impressed? Well, the first day I was. There's a guy by the name of Ed Earl who was a co-founder of it. He was a pretty charismatic. He obviously had a very big ego, but it kind of was endearing. It was funny. The first day, everyone's all dressed up. There was, the room was packed. I mean, they would pack these things with 100 people. It was unbelievable. He walked in with a tracksuit and, like, a, a it was tracksuit pants and, like, a golf shirt tucked into his tracksuit pants with a big honking Rolex on. So before you came, there's another part I left out. You're supposed to listen to these conference calls. So, so the big aura has been, has been built up around Ed Earl. And everyone was just kind of like, whoa. And, and first thing he says is something like, 
I see you guys are all dressed up, but we don't really care about that. Uh, and we like the fact that uh, you guys are all dressed up and we just kind of wear whatever we want. That's pretty much how he broke the ice. Was that disappointing or? No, I think I think it just showed how brash he was and maybe like, I'm, I'm just like above all that. It created an aura of that. And what was the first day basically? What, what did you learn there? The first day was learning about the problems with traditional marketing advertising and going in depth about writing headlines and, and also developing and understanding your target market's emotional hot buttons, their values. So the first day was more of an overview of everything else we were going to cover more in depth. Did you talk about his experience and where he learned a lot of his stuff from? No. He didn't mention he was a J. Abraham protege? No, he didn't. In fact, he bashed J. Abraham. He did? Yeah. Why? What did he say? I, I don't really quite remember, but I think he was just saying that he was just a lot of talk and he really couldn't deliver when it came down to it. It was, it was kind of ridiculous. You know, he pretty much referenced all these classic marketing and advertising books as, as his foundation. He didn't give credit to anyone. The stuff people were that was dead. <laughs> okay. All right. You were going over fundamental stuff, probably a lot of the stuff in the books, headlines, the problems with advertising. Then the second day you had till 12 o'clock to get your money back. But everyone there, well, they were pretty confident that they're going to stay the five days? Yeah. I mean, he said them building a case. In the first day, he built quite a strong case of how much money you can make. And funny, after noon after the cutoff date, then they switched over to a different presenter. So apparently Ed Earls was too busy to be running, you know, a seminar that he's going to be making a million dollars from. And they put Ed Earls' best friend from, like, high school. who supposedly had a marketing company that he sold. This guy was a, a, an idiot. Well, do, you know his, do you know his name? John something. Okay. I forget it. But he was an idiot. I mean, he pretty much just read the slides verbatim. And... During the break, when I asked him a question, he just didn't understand basic questions. He didn't really have answers. So the end of the second day, it was too late for anyone to get their money back, and then they brought on another presenter, and he wasn't too swift, in your opinion. That's right. And then on Wednesday, he showed up 45 minutes late, and everyone was pretty much waiting for this guy. And he was tired. He only got like a few hours of sleep to pass the, the previous night, like an hour and a half or something. And he was just out of it all day. He was the only one that, that presented. I think Ed Earl showed up for all of an hour, like an hour, 45 minutes during that day. Were yeah. people, I mean, were people getting pissed? I think so, yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. Day and then the fifth day, same guy presenting? No, the fourth day, Ed Earl took over about uh, halfway through. And then the fifth day, the CEO of White Martin, the, the other co-founder, Ed Earl was the president, or was, Rich Harshaw, he started talking about pretty much characteristics of a successful person, how many successful mindsets, developing discipline in your practice. He showed up with a black eye, which is just, he's actually a pretty good guy. He, he showed up with a black eye for playing basketball the previous day. So he had a black eye, and then he's going over core material. So, all right, so you left the thing. I mean, you've got to pay a certain percentage of your sales to them, right, in the agreement? Yeah, 10%. So 10% of your gross of whatever you sell, they get, right? That's correct. All right, and how are you with that? How are most people with that arrangement? I think people didn't really think much of it. Okay, no big deal. Because they, you know, in return, they offer support. 
And how, what, was the support good? Was it what they said? My experience, it was pretty decent. However, I found that the support people kind of had a one-track mind. The monopolizer marketplace system, which is the whole system that this, this, this whole consulting program is based on, that's all they can think of, monopolizer marketplace. And they believe it's like the end-all, be-all. Uh, you know, there's a pervasive attitude that they found the secret to all marketing problems in that this system is pretty much a gift. I mean, they're all, frankly, they're all Mormons. And they believe that this system was given to them as a gift from God. And their responsibility is to see that it, it is spread throughout the world. I'm not kidding. That's really what they think. Wow. All the people working for the company? Yeah, and especially the CEO, Rich Marshall, which is a great guy. He's a great guy, and I think he's a very smart guy. And I think there's a lot of merit to the NYM system. However, I, I think he has kind of uh, tunnel vision. Yeah, I think he's a little deluded. Okay, so you get home... You've gone through the training. You've already got the consulting experience. How did you use what you learned? Were you able to use it effectively? What What's the first thing you do when, when you got home? Well, you know, the first thing I did was set up a seminar to get. We were members of the chamber, and I joined under YC Marketing as well as a second membership. Just coincidentally, my other company, which is the IT consulting company, already had a slot book to give us some seminar. So I just did that as a wife marketing seminar. I had about 75 people show up. How did you promote the event? I just used the lead generator that they use for backblasting and driving people in seminars. And I just had them had the chamber email that out to... Oh, so they sent an email out to all the members. How many members in the chamber are there? Oh, thousand. Okay, so you got a thousand members, and you got seventy-five. You use the standard fax document to get people to a seminar, and then you got seventy-five people show up. What day was it on? I think it was a Thursday morning. Okay. What kind of uh, seminar were you going to do? Was it a PowerPoint? It was already structured for you, right? Power. All right, PowerPoint. And you were comfortable. It was structured. It was right out of the box. <laughs> it's something they gave us in training. Uh-huh. Did you have to bring a projector? They had a projector at the chamber. Had you practiced it before? You did it? Yes. All right, so you felt comfortable. Now, before you go on, what what's the ultimate goal? Do the PowerPoint and what? The ultimate goal is to, to try to get them into some sort of service that we offer. And the the offerings at the time were consulting, which is one-on-one -on -one private consulting, group training, which was called the mastermind system, or fulfillment. Now, I never really wanted to sell people fulfillment services. Well, it described that. What is fulfillment services? Like, you know, you have an ad place where we can help you with that. Okay, design and develop it. Right. Uh -huh. what, else? what other fulfillment services? Radio ads, selling radio ads, graphic design, printing, anything that has to do with marketing that doesn't So why, too, was set up to do all that? That's you... right, who we get a commission. But I was never, ever interested in selling that stuff. We haven't sold anything like that today. Okay, so then you're left with two options for this group. Group training or the mastermind thing, or individual one-on-one -on -one consulting. That's correct. Okay. All right. So go ahead. How long is the PowerPoint presentation? The PowerPoint presentation is structured like this. First thing we do is talk about what the MYM system is and what it does, about how it can increase your business two, three, four times without them spending more money than they already are. Then it goes into the old days of selling, how you could easily get appointments, and now you can't. And the bridge is good marketing. And then we, we describe why 
current marketing advertising is done in the way it's done, and why does it work for a typical small mid-sized business? Then we reveal something called the marketing equation, which is kind of a slight altercation of the ADA formula. And we actually show some examples of that. We show some success stories like the marketing had. And at the end, we said, well, do you want to monopolize your marketplace? Well, here's two paths to monopolization. And from that seminar, we got five people to sign up for the mastermind group, which was uh, $3,500 a piece. And they pay, did they pay right then? Or just eventually? Within a week. Okay, 3500 bucks a piece. What do they get with that mastermind group? Mastermind group was basically the uh, twice a month course that lasted two hours every class for six months, whereby we would actually lead them through the whole monopolization marketplace system. We eventually booked 12 people into that, 12 different companies. From that one seminar at the chamber? Well, we, we also went to our warm list and started marketing to our warm list. All right, so you had 12 at 3,500, and right. that was a 12-month a program? Six-month program, four hours a month. Four hours a month. Okay, and you, okay, great. That's that's exciting. That's some good money right there, huh? Yeah, it's not bad. It, it, if you crank it down on an hourly basis, I was making well over $1,000 an hour. And, and, the, and the, present, the training was all out of the box? No, actually, I, I created it all myself. All right, but did they did they have it? Did they have out of the box training for those group trainings? Not yet, because I actually knew it was coming, and, I, and they told me it wasn't ready yet. But I sold it anyway, and it's a confidence that I understood the system well enough that I could create my own training system out of it. How'd that go? Did you enjoy doing those group trainings? This is the end of part one of the Alex Whiting HMA training consulting interview. Please continue to part two. Here is another tip for you, and it has to do with swipe files. And I'm going to hand you a lifetime membership of a swipe file you cannot beat. And if you go over to my website, hardtofindads.com, you'll find a free resource waiting for you with over 800 hard-to-find ads. Now, these aren't pretty fluffy ads that you're going to find in Madison Avenue at all the advertising agencies. These are hardcore, copy-intensive, direct-response ads, ads including Gary Halbert's, a huge collection of Brian Keith Voiles, entire best collection of ads that you can download, ads by Eugene Schwartz, ads by Ben Suarez, ads by John Carlton that you can view up close, you can read the text, and you can use to develop and create your own direct mail promotions. So get on over to Hard to find ads.com. That's H-A-R-D-T-O-F-I-N-D-A-D-S.com. You'll be glad you did.